Now I found this beautiful planet So blue, unique and fragile They've shown me so much that I'm dazzled Now I'm feeling oh so frazzled By how much I want to destroy Tranche my bleak large Hey fellow theater people, Patrick here. Happy Friday! Here's a surprise bonus episode for you to get your weekend started right. For this episode, we're catching up with my pal, Emmy winner and three-time Tony nominee Martha Plimpton. Since Martha was last on our show, she's landed a starring role on the brand new hit ABC sitcom, The Real O'Neills. Are you guys watching that show? Steve and I are, and we are obsessed with it. She has also continued her work as an activist at the forefront of the fight for women's health and reproductive rights. This Sunday, the organization she co-founded, called A is 4, is holding their annual fundraiser, Broadway Acts for Women, at Feinstein's 54 Below. The event will feature performances by Betty Buckley, Titus Burgess, Jesse Tyler Ferguson, Lena Hall, Rebecca Naomi Jones, Leslie Margarita, Orfe, and more. The event is almost sold out, but there are a few tickets left which you can get at 54below.com or at the AS4 website, which is aisfor.org. I adore Martha Plimpton. She's one of the kindest, nicest people I know. Her passion for acting and for activism is so inspiring. Here's our conversation. Hi, Martha Plimpton. Hello, Patrick Hines. It's so nice to be back at your house. It's so nice to have you back in my home. Well, let's start by talking about Broadway Acts for Women. Fabulous. Two, part part two. Yes, it's part two. We It was such an awesome event last year, as you know. You were there. I was. I'll be there this year, too. That's right. Um, we, we do this at 54 Below. It's a really awesome event, and everyone who participates says that it's the most fun benefit they do all year. And unfortunately, this is the time of year when they get asked to do a lot of <laughs> a benefits. Lot of yeah. So I really appreciate everyone who's who's going to be there. But um, yeah, no, it's we we AS4 is our organization that you know is working to fight stigma and raise funds for organizations and providers that work uh, with abortion rights and abortion um, uh, healthcare uh, advocacy. And uh, basically, it's a night of karaoke where people get a chance to bid on prizes and then their favorite Broadway singers to sing the karaoke song of their choice yes and these singers have not rehearsed and they know the list of songs ahead of time but they you know there's like 20 songs on the list and they you know these people are busy people they're not yeah. gonna learn 20 <laughs> songs so it's really it's kind of exciting it's a big sort of you know you never know what's really gonna happen L- last year montego glover did uh i think she did a rihanna song that she yes. never sung before and i don't think she knew even knew it very well and it was so awesome yeah it's so full of surprises and then you also get like a prize that goes along with whatever you've you know yeah with your bed with your with your performer so it's really a cool fun night and last year we raised forty thousand dollars oh my for God. reproductive rights which is a huge success And, you know, we're hoping we can repeat that or do even better this year. What the hell is going on in the world? It's crazy. It's a really, really bad time right now for for reproductive rights. Uh, You know, states are uh, cutting off funding for Planned Parenthood left and right. Florida just did it. In Indiana, there's now a law that requires that women pay for the funeral services and burial of their... Is that a real thing? Yes, it's a real thing of their aborted fetal tissue. It is so completely insane, the punitive, vicious, 
attacks on women's physical uh, autonomy that it's almost an obsession it is an obsession uh, and it, the tide is really not turning in our favor so it's very important that we get this information out a lot of people aren't just aren't even aware of yeah. what's going on um, you know that 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 there's been a huge spike in Google searches for DYI abortion it's putting women's lives in danger uh, it's putting families at risk um, it's making uh, the lives of women and immigrant women and poor women much more difficult than they already are. Uh, and so this is our priority is to make people aware of these things, let them know what's going on, and also provide some much needed funds, for example, for abortion funds that make it possible for women to travel or get child care, uh, you know, for the time off work that they need to, to be able to access these services. It's really, it, it's back to, to pre-Roe v. Wade days in a lot of places. Um, and um, you know that that's not a good thing, obviously. Yeah. Um, okay, let's talk about the, some of the performers that we know for sure are going to be there. And it, uh, the date for it it's is... It's May 1st. Mm-hmm. Um, this show starts promptly at 6.30. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, it's a quick show. It's an hour and a half. It goes by like gangbusters. So. It is super fast. Um, but it's really fun. Doors open at 5.15. Um, and so far, well, Cecily Strong oh, is yes. our host, which I'm so excited about. Cecily is an awesome Brilliant comedian. She's obviously she, everybody knows her from SNL, mm-hmm. uh, but I love her just as a person. She's so brilliant. She's so funny, and she's totally down for the cause. So she's going to be there, and she's going to be our host and our auctioneer, which is so cool. Yes, um, and I'm really thrilled about that. Um, and Titus Burgess is going to come yes. and do a number, which I'm really excited about. Um, and Jesse Tyler Ferguson, who was there last year, remember mm-hmm. he did the. Um, what song did he do? It was the it was um, shake it off. That's right. Oh, right. And I just remember Patty Lapone just heckling him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and Patty, of course, who's like such a major force. I don't know if she's going to be there again this year. She might be busy, but um, I got to check in with Patty. Yeah, hey, yeah Patty. I'm, I'm checking in with Patty. Yeah. <laughs> she had a blast. Like, she was amazing. Yeah. She was out there, like you know, pushing the auction. Oh my god. She was like forcing people to bid. It was awesome. When she's Lena brilliant. Hall um, did her number, she Lena did Total Eclipse of the Heart. I yes, think. yes. Patty Lapone literally stood up with um, a white napkin like she was at a drag show yes. <laughs> and just was like waving the flag. I mean like Lena Hall brought the house down. She brought the house down so in hard. Way. Yeah. It I, was really exciting. I mean the, the the brilliant thing about it too is that you know because you don't know what people are going to do it, you know it, and there's no videotaping allowed mm-hmm. you, if, if you're not there right. you don't see it. You guys got to be in the room where it happens. You got to be in the room where it happens. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Um, I wanted to say as an audience member, the other cool thing that's, that is cool is like if you're a nobody like me, you get to sit in the table and watch Martha Plimpton walk by and then Patty Lapone walks by and then Jesse Tyler Ferguson walks by. Like you're in a room full of celebrities who like all support a woman's right to choose. That's right. You're in this cool room with like cool celebrities and you get to just like stare and they'll probably even be nice if you say hi. That's right. And if you're lucky, you may even be seated with one of them at the really fancy you know that happened to me really last year booth. you yeah. seated me with uh, Montego Glover and Constantine Maroulas that's right and that's I went right. right into like talk show host mode and I was like tell me everything about it was I did an interview with them at the table it was amazing oh that's really fun yeah they were both so brilliant and Constantine was sort of a last minute addition he was so game and so fun I loved him yeah he's and he's very sexy he is very hot oh my god I know. yes yeah Isn't are you that- gonna sing 
I may, I may. Oh, you're so good. You have I may, to. I may open the show with somebody, but people yes. won't bid on me because, you know, they know I'm going to be there. Yeah. So there won't be any bidding on me, and I'm not exactly known for my singing chops. So. <laughs> That's not true. You did well, a show at Lincoln Center. Well, well, you know what I mean. I yeah. think I think we could do better with some other people. Yeah. <laughs> um, what are some of the prizes? Do you know what – can you talk about some of the prizes? That one of the prizes get? is – I'm really excited about one of these prizes is an is a, uh, a drawing – Done by John Lithgow <gasps> of you or your pet. Oh my god! And you know, I don't know if people know this, but he is a wonderful sketch artist. And apparently, okay, name dropping at one of your parties, he told me he is a book author. Yes, he's an author. He's written many children's books, and and he and he's a wonderful artist. He he for every show he does, he creates a drawing of the of the production of the cast. Oh my god! And gives it to the cast for opening. <gasps> it's such a lovely gift, and he's such a brilliant artist that this is kind of a special this is a really special prize will he be there he can't be there unfortunately he's a very very busy man and very very tall and very very tall and i don't even know if that you know the room at 54 that's true they cannot accommodate a lift (laughs) now but i'm really excited about but there's going to be things like that you know theater tickets and you know dinners at uh, um, amazing restaurants and things like this the prizes are usually really really good that is amazing yeah um can we do a little theater people business i wish i hope yes. okay so the last time you were here last time actually we're at your house the last time you were here was now mm-hmm. um but the last time you were on the podcast you were you were just starting a delicate balance or maybe you guys were in the run yes but can we talk a little bit about it yes absolutely okay so wh- so looking back on that amazing show and that amazing ca- it was like you and Lithgow and glenn close and Lindsay Duncan and uh, I'm forgetting other people. Claire Claire uh, Higgins Claire and Higgins. Bob Balaban and Claire Higgins. You had just worked with in the West End. Yes, yeah, right? so we had just done other desert cities. Yeah. at the Old Vic. Yeah. How, so what? How looking back on that on that show and that mm. time? How was it? How was that time for you? It was intense. I mean, that play is so 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 hard. Yeah. Uh, it's the first uh, time I I had done an Albie play, um, and the character itself, the, the daughter who comes back, you know, and, and mm-hmm. in, in the midst of her fourth uh, break her fourth divorce is a very hard character i mean she she sort of comes in at 150 miles an hour and uh it sort of stays there and sort of goes well goes even higher <laughs> <laughs> it's a very difficult and confusing play uh and you know of course the cast was extraordinary and i loved working with all of them uh and i love john lithgow i love i mean they're all just brilliant and unpacking that the process of unpacking that play is one of the more sort of intense experiences of my working life it was pam mckinnon was the director pam mckinnon yes yes genius yeah she's wonderful yeah um how do you how do you like being in plays on broadway these days are you having is it fun for you or is the eight show a week thing just like ridiculous well uh you know it's hard yeah i'm not gonna lie i I think once you go into a television schedule which is you know the 70 to 80 hour week uh you know but it's a comedy there's something a little bit um you do become i think a little bit spoiled in that you get some time you know on the set you have people sort of taking care of you yeah um, you know, the theater is tough. It's a grind. It's a joyful grind for the most part. I think when you're not connecting with a play, it can be harder. Mm-hmm. It can be lonelier and it can feel feel sort of more like drudgery. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but luckily, I haven't had too many of those experiences. Yeah. I, I love working in the theater. I think... I do think the eight shows a week is too many. Yeah. And I would I I I feel so much for people who are performing in musicals 
that have a lot of physical and, you know, vocal uh, demands on them. I, I cannot imagine, particularly over the holiday schedule, uh, you know, when they end up doing oh, like 11 shows, shows in a row, row or yeah. 13 shows in a row. I, I don't know how that's fair or right, and mm-hmm. I wish our union would do something yeah. about it. <laughs> um, uh, how, you know, it, it is exhausting, and it really does take it out of you. And after a while, I think a little bit of the joy can, can leave you mm-hmm. a little bit. You need to take a little bit of a break. But... You know, there's nothing like live performance. Yeah. You know what I mean, Patrick? (laughs) You know, it's a calling and uh, it's a vocation, if you will. Yes, I do. I mean, uh, I don't, but I I believe you when you say it. Yeah, you know what I mean. So, so, you know, I mean, all complaints aside, it is a wonderful life. Yeah. A strange life, a, a silly life. Some may even say it's a stupid life, but <laughs> but it's the life we've Nobody chosen. Nobody listens to this podcast. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Um, can we talk about your house for a minute, please? So you live in this gorgeous. We're sitting at your dining room table. You yes. live in this gorgeous house in Brooklyn. Yes, you grew up in Manhattan. I did. What made you want to move out here? Uh, finding a gorgeous house yeah. for cheaper than an apartment in Manhattan. Yeah, and this house is huge, by the way. It's a big house. Yeah, it's a it's a big, beautiful Victorian house, and it's uh, you know it's open on all four sides. Mm-hmm. So um, I get light from every end, and I have a beautiful porch and a backyard and a backyard that my Ugh. dog can sit and frolic and chase the squirrels out of. And yeah. um, I'm just extremely happy here. I lived in Manhattan on the Upper West Side for my entire life. I lived on 100th Street and West End Avenue. Oh, wow. Uh, Yeah. And um, I grew up in the same building, in the same apartment. And, you know, it was hard to leave. But, you know, looking around at what was available, (laughs) you know, I really wanted space. And I I wanted to feel, um, I wanted outdoor space. And luckily, being on television for the last few years made it possible for me to save a little money and finally be able to afford a home of my own. (laughs) You know, I had rented my whole life. And... And, uh, you know, that was very lucky. I was very fortunate to have a rent-stabilized place, you know. Because um, if I didn't, I probably would have had to move to Hoboken years ago. Right. Although Hoboken is like a rival Manhattan. I now. know. I know. It's very hip now. Mm-hmm. I know. But I'm just very, very happy here. I love it. I feel like... I sort of feel like I have a farmhouse in the middle of the city. Well, people come to you. Like, you have the most fabulous parties. I kind of do, yeah. You're just like, you planted yourself in Brooklyn, and everyone comes to you all the time. Thank you very much. It's nice to know. I know I have wonderful, extraordinary friends from all walks of life, and I love to gather them together. I love to have dinner parties. I love to have holiday gatherings. I love knowing that all these different people from all these different worlds can come together and talk and converse and meet each other and meet each other's children and yeah. do you know I, I this makes me very happy i i feel a little bit like i my home is uh, becoming a little bit of a sort of a hub of creative people and yes. thinkers and smarty pantses and funny people <laughs> and you know silly people and all of this and i love giving my friends a place to stay when mm-hmm. they're in town you know or or in need of a, you know, a little respite or a, you know, home away from home. Whenever we bring Daisy here, I'm like, this is how real people live. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Daisy loves it here. I'm, I am always so happy to have her here. Oh, God, she loves it here. She loves your dog. Yes. I've told you this. Eloise was her first dog. Yes, and that's she's right. she's with Eloise. That's right. Mm-hmm. Eloise was her first dog. Yeah, oh. she took some of her first steps in your house. Like, your stairs are like some of her first stairs. That's right. Um, We need to talk about the real O'Neills. Oh, yes. Absolutely. I am obsessed. I am obsessed. <gasps> oh. I love 
love good. it so much. I think it is the funniest thing I have seen in forever. Oh, good. I'm so glad. Are I'm you having so fun? Glad. I love it. I mean, we, we shot, we're done with the season, right? We shot 13 episodes because we were mid-season replacement. And uh, so far... I guess it's doing pretty well. Yeah, it seems like the it. ratings seem to be holding pretty well, and um, I guess the last week we even ticked up a notch, which was really, oh, really? good. Yeah, which is really exciting. I love the show. I'm yeah. very, very proud of it. I mean, you know, it's early days, but I think the idea behind the show of this young Catholic kid coming out in a in a very you know strict Catholic family, um, and all of the sort of the ways in which that reveals this family's imperfections. Yeah. It's such a wonderful idea, and it's so, to me, it's such a great opportunity to sort of tell the story from his point of view of puberty and dating mm-hmm. and, you know, figuring out who you love romantically and what you like and who you are and all of these things uh, in the context of his homosexuality is so exciting because we get to show it as being the normal regular old growing up story that it is. Do you know what I mean? Totally. And my character, which is kind of unusual for me anyway, (laughs) you know, has a problem with it. She's afraid for her son's everlasting soul, you know? And, and so this presents some challenges, uh, for her and for him. And because he's her favorite, she sort of has to re-navigate Oh my goodness, their relationship, do you know? Mm-hmm. So it's it's fun to sort of explore these things which are relatively sensitive topics but in a comedic context. Yeah. I really like that. I so, like, I knew that you were on the show. I didn't know much. I mean, I, I kind of knew what the show was about, but I didn't really realize, like, I don't know. I, what I'm trying to say is, in watching this and seeing you be the lead of a com, like a, of a, of a, tele, like a major network sitcom, mm. made my heart sore. Oh. Like, I was just, and you're so funny on it. And to see you, like, in the tradition of, like, Amy Poehler and Tina Fey and Julia Louis Dreyfus, like, you know, it's so great that now, now we get you. And that's you're doing incredible. This- that's incredible company. But- I don't. I mean, I hope I even come close to them. They're like huge. I love them. Yes, I'm sure. And we all do. And they, you know, we, I don't know. I, I guess all I'm saying is like, it's such a gratifying thing as a fan Aww. to get to see you. I guess I just didn't realize like the show was so much about your character right. and how great that is. Oh, you know? that's so nice. Yeah. Thank you. I mean, obviously for me, it's an ensemble, which is really good. I mean, I, I don't have any mental pressure about carrying anything the way somebody like, you know, Amy or, but, but I think they probably think the same way. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? The show doesn't work if it's not an ensemble. And if, if the characters aren't really, and the, and the actors themselves aren't really sort of working together as a team. Um, but it's nice to hear you say that, uh, you know, you think of me as a leading lady. <laughs> it's That's a funny, really nice. I'm not used to, like, asking questions about television, so bear with me. Sure. But, like, you are the best-known actor on the show, right? I mean, we would say... I don't know. I think probably Jay is, too, right? From Mad Men. Yeah, I don't... but you're you. Well. So, I'm so... Patrick, <laughs> you're making me blush. <laughs> so, I'm just Stop saying, like... It. Do you feel... Um, and you have like a, a, a huge TV background, so it's not like this is your first time out on a TV right, show. Right. Do you feel like, is it, is it, you don't feel like a leader. You feel like just a, like a, like a member of the ensemble. I think that sometimes, you know, yes, you have a sort of natural, uh, I wouldn't call it leader. I would say you, you, it's, it's a sort of an experience, right, that you have that, that, that I think 
is helpful to other people to sort of rely on that and help you sort of be a kind of anchor or, you know, um, uh, I don't want to say, you know, put too much emphasis on that. But yes, you are correct. I'm an older woman who has a lot of experience. And because of that, I think, yes, it's, I think um, some of the cast may find that helpful to, to mm-hmm. be around. Um, but I will say, in the, especially in, in the context of this show, every single actor, I think we figured it out, everyone who plays a member of the family on The Real O'Neills has been a child actor. Oh, Really? Has been or is a it, child actor. And so so Jay was a child actor? Jay has been doing this since he was a teenager. Wow. I've been doing this since I was a kid. Noah's been doing it since all of us. And of course, Bibi herself is a teenager. She is the... I love her so much. She is so brilliant. The daughter. She's a genius. <laughs> yeah. She's a bona fide genius. But the reason I say that is because I think all of us sort of come to the work with a kind of inherent professionalism, mm-hmm. you know, and an, and an understanding of what's required. Um, and so in that sense, I haven't felt um, at all separated from them or like, you know what I mean? Yeah, like I'm totally. on, in some other status uh, than they are. I think I we all very much feel like equal participants in this thing and everyone is equally responsible for its success or failure, which is excellent. Are you guys renewed? I don't know yet. When do you find well, out? Well, I don't know. <laughs> uh, I think, you know, uh, the numbers are pretty good so far, but again, it's early days. Yeah. So it's, and, you know, ABC's got a bunch of new pilots that they're going to, you know, roll out. So we'll see what happens. And, you know, I don't know. We'll find out soon enough. But I, I think the latest we can find out is like late May when the upfronts happen. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, would you come back to Broadway someday? I hope so. Or off-Broadway? I hope so. Yes, Broadway or off-Broadway. You yeah. know, and I'm I'm due back in Chicago. It's been way oh, too long since I've been to Steppenwolf. Right. Um, and you're a member of Steppenwolf. I am. I am. Although you wouldn't know it from how many years I, it's been since I've been there to work. But So that's not a thing that ever goes away. You're no, all- no. Luckily, thank goodness, they're kind enough to let you hang on <laughs> <laughs> as long as you want. Yeah. No. Um, I would like to. I think, you know, doing plays is so... I mean, look, doing television is exhausting, too, in its own way. But doing plays is so physically tiring, and it really does... In a, in a different kind of way, take over your life. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it, you become so single-minded and so obsessive um, uh, that you really do need time and and uh, you need a sort of like bubble around you of time and space to sort of get in shape and get vocally in shape and all those things, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, that uh, it's an investment that you don't want to take uh, lightly, and you want to wait for something that's going to be really, really good and interesting, and something that's not going to bore your tits off. <laughs> so, you know what I mean. Yeah. So I'm a little more picky now about what about that stuff. Yeah. Um, than I might have been in the past, which isn't to say I don't want to do it or that it's not. It doesn't. You know, I don't love it. Um, you know what I'm saying. Totally. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Well, you're amazing. I love you Thank so much. You. Thank, Thank you. Thank you so much this. for having me again. Yeah, this is like the funnest thing ever. Yay! There are just a handful of tickets left for Sunday's Broadway Acts for Women event at Feinstein's 54 Below. You can find tickets at 54below.com or at as4.org. Theater People is produced by Mike Jensen and me, Patrick Hines. I edited this episode. Special thanks, as always, to Steve Tipton, Bradley Behan, our webmaster, Keith Allen Herzog, 
Eric Emsch, Ricky Condos, and the staff at Oswald's. We'll be back on Monday with Olivier Award winner and just all-around fabulous human, Finding Neverland's Laura Michelle Kelly. Until then, tell your friends about us. Let's get the theater community talking. Something beautiful and true Maybe it's just shiny and brand new And maybe I could be the one to get you over the on And maybe you could be the one to pull me through Maybe we could spend some time And then I think about that guy And maybe I could clear some space in my head too Years from now, maybe you will roll your eyes when you think how you survived from points A to B.